Hi, it's Corey Chambers in Los Angeles. Your home sold, guaranteed, or I'll buy it. Thanks for taking a minute to listen in. In a moment, I'll share with you some valuable information about this topic. Corey Chambers' History of Money. So, what that means is we'll be talking about my history of money starting from a childhood up until today and a bit into the future. If you see, uh, hear or see any properties that are of interest to you, lofts, condos, or houses, let me know and we will we'll send you a free property information packet or we will um, send you, bring you for a free tour. Sorry, I'm walking up a hill, as I usually am, while walking my dog. So, um, also, if you have a home you'd like to sell, you should know that I will guarantee the sale of your present home at a price acceptable to you, or I'll buy it for cash. This will allow you to buy your next home without worrying about selling your present home. To find out how much you can sell your home for, call me at 213 880-9910. So let's start off with money and kids. Um, I'm lucky that my parents were a great combination of, uh, you know, sometimes they were very loving, close parents. Uh, occasionally helicopter parents, but they couldn't be called that because they were really more the opposite of helicopter parents because they um, they let us ro- roam around all the time. Um, and uh, so, I mean, we most of the kids were not picked up by their parents to and from school in those days. We walked to school, usually walked about four blocks to school Um, in elementary school and then high school would walk about more like uh, three miles to school for uh, when I went to Ocean View High School in Huntington Beach. So as far as money goes, um, part of that my parents being fairly permissive and letting us run around a lot. My brother ran around a lot even more. In fact, in high school, he was hardly ever home. I'm, I think I think he was gone probably uh, um, 11th and 12th grade. I don't, I don't, I think he was not home most of the time. So, um, that gave us opportunities to make money, which my brother always enjoyed uh, buying things and selling things, um, which he still does today. He he buys uh, generally vintage travel trailers uh, that are kind of in right now. He fixes them up and then sells them for, for more money, like flipping houses, but he basically flips trailers. Um, he makes them, he fixes things that are 
broken and then he makes them look better. He doesn't he doesn't always make them look brand new. Uh, but he just he does those two things. He fixes things that are broken. He gets makes sure the plumbing and electrical and water and heat is all working so that they're functional. And he paints them, he replaces uh, upholstery and curtains and paint and occasionally we'll replace some appliances to uh, make them look nice and fun and practical and then he will charge usually two or three four times as much as he paid for them uh, so that's what my brother is making money and doing now. And as far as me, fast forwarding to today, it's been uh, real estate for the past um, nine years. It's Los Angeles real estate, mostly downtown real estate, helping people buy and sell and rent in downtown. I have a lot of uh, luxury renters. There's a lot of fairly expensive, really cool lofts and condos in downtown. So the renters that I help now average more than $3,000 a month. But I do, I still, I, I, I do still help some renters in the low 2000s as well when I have time and when I see something that is a perfect match. So going back to our childhood, our permissive childhood, which allowed us to, because my brother was already buying and selling a lot of stuff when he was a kid, which uh, I did a, a little bit of that as well. But um, I did, I enjoyed like going door to door. I've always enjoyed walking. I still walk my dog for a couple miles every day. Uh, even when I broke my toe badly a couple of years ago, I still kept uh, walking quite a bit and still do, even though my toe was still, uh, it was badly broken in a couple spots, so it never healed 100% and still hurts just a, a little bit. Um, but we would, so I would always walk door to door selling stuff. I remember selling some things for like school charities when I was a kid. Um, I never usually got too much help from that when I was a kid from my, didn't get too much help from my parents. Um, I tended to do that on my own. Uh, when I was younger, when I was younger, I think I mentioned in previous recordings about how I, uh, when I was about three years old, we would have, uh, we had a chocolate stand because we made too much chocolate one time. And so we made a little chocolate stand, like a lemonade stand, and sold the extra chocolates there. And then we would have a couple of lemonade stands a couple more times when we were kids. 
and things like that. Uh, and we do stuff to just make money for ourselves and also for charities. So, um, walking up a steeper hill. Let's get into um, 13, 13 years old, I sold some, um, found a catalog of, uh, catalog of, what was in the catalog? Christmas cards, greeting cards. So I was selling these greeting cards door to door. Uh, those will do very well, of course, in uh, November. Uh, sell a lot of greeting cards. So I made enough money to buy. Actually, I don't think they, they gave us money. They gave us uh, prizes. So we just sold lots of greeting cards door to door. And then we, um, I got a, uh, I think a radio and uh, an inflatable raft. It was a pretty good raft. That we lived near the ocean, so we would take the raft into the uh, ocean. That was a lot of fun to take the raft to the beach. Uh, and then right after that, I found another catalog that I could do door to door. And it was a whole really big catalog full of all kinds of stuff. Uh, a lot of gift items and decor and other various things. So, some jewelry and a tiny bit of electronics, but mostly home decor and um, some jewelry and some gadgets. So, uh, and then you could also recruit other people and you could just, basically it's like it was wholesaling and sub-wholesaling and uh, being a kind of a distributor. And that was, a company that you may have seen Tom Bosley advertise, SMC, Specialty Merchandise Corporation. So I was doing that when I was 14 years old and learned a lot about business, about uh, products, uh, distribution, wholesale, sub-wholesale, things like that. So that was great. And then just a couple years later, we did the Junior Achievement. I did the Junior Achievement. Um, What did they call it? It was just called Junior Achievement, which was basically a um, business, kind of a practice business for high school students. And we would learn all the basics of business and then start our own business. And it was sponsored by a, one of the local aerospace companies. And ours, uh, we named it Junior GE because we made these flashlights for cars that plugged into the cigarette lighter. And those sold pretty well because they were useful and people wanted to help the, the, um, the students. We were, I think I was in 11th grade at the time. So, uh, before we did that, we got to sell stock 
to people for a dollar per share to raise money for all the um, components of the flashlights. And our flashlights were innovative. They were um, kind of like a toilet plunger with a car headlight inside is how we made them. <laughs> Basically out of those parts, out of the rubber part of a toilet plunger and a car headlight that happened to fit precisely and then uh, some basic electronics. Um, I doubt if we even had to solder them. I can't remember. Whatever the electronics were, they were pretty simple. So we sold those. And the money that we did not, we did raise money from the stocks. But then whatever, we, if we didn't raise enough, we would just get, uh, the sponsor would, you know, pay for the rest of the materials. And then we would, we, we sold them, but then whatever we couldn't sell, we, um, the sponsor allowed us to go to their, their uh, aerospace corporate headquarters during like lunchtime and uh, the sponsor basically told their employees hey please buy uh, these products from from these kids to help them out and they and they did they bought a lot of flashlights car flashlights so um, that was that, and so we raised, uh, we did not get paid. I mean, our payment was learning. Uh, my payment was being able to be a vice president of finance at the age of 16 years old. So um, that was good practice, uh, good education, very, very good experience being a and it was a corporation. Um, I don't think it was a legal corporation, um, but it was uh, ran as a corporation. So that was a very good experience to be able to be vice president of a corporation that was actually doing everything that a corporation would do at the age of uh, 16. Um, And even though we didn't didn't get paid, I mean, we handled money. I actually ha I actually did the accounting, uh, the and bookkeeping for it. So I was the vice president of finance, and I was also the bookkeeper and accountant and CPA. And we had help from two people from the aerospace corporation. What was the name of that aerospace corporation? I'll remember it because they were very. Uh, wonderful people um, uh, and then as I'm not going to go into regular jobs that I did but I will go into things I did before a regular job and then I'll mention what my first job was so hmm uh, oh, at the same time I was doing the uh, catalog stuff when I was 14, I started to do some janitorial work just for like $5 for one hour, or $5 for less than an hour. 
um, at the local, because we live right across the street from a shopping center, a small, that had some, several family-owned businesses. And uh, so that's what I did there. And then, um, uh, when I was um, 17, I sold some stuff in a, at <coughs> El Dorado Park in Long Beach. El Dorado Park is a large, very large park in Long Beach. It's in uh, West Long Beach between Long Beach and um, Los, Los Alamitos. It's a really nice park and um, there was concessions <coughs> there. So companies, entrepreneurs paid the uh, they pay the city to be able to do concessions, including um, stands, you know, snack bars, food stands, and also carts. So we did a um, balloon cart that basically sold a lot of balloons and um, cotton candy. So we sold a lot of balloons and cotton candy when I was um, 16, 17. And, um, uh, but, you know, not as an employee, as a, uh, I think it was kind of under the table back then. And then, um, I think it was all on commission. Yeah, we got paid by how much stuff that we sold. And we could make like 25, 50, 100 bucks, depending on how, um, busy of a day it was. Come on. And then sort of my first, then I, I got a job as a, you know, at, with a temp agency after, no, before that, oh, I worked as a costume cartoon character that uh, danced around in front of car dealerships. I only did that for maybe, um, couple months. It was during the summer, so it was very hot inside of those um, costumes. So I was, uh, and they, they didn't pay that much. So I took a job with Knott's Berry Farm. Knott's Berry Farm is a local amusement park when I was living right there in Buena Park. So it was pretty convenient to work at Knott's Berry Farm. I think I applied at Disneyland and they didn't, uh, they didn't hire me at Disneyland, but Knott's was closer anyway. And uh, I've always liked Knott's Berry Farm. It's... Uh, oh, and then other things to make money as an entrepreneur. So then I got a lot, a lot probably a, a lot more temporary jobs and short-term jobs. But I was also in the Air Force for four years. So that was um, four years working for the federal government in the Air Force. That was a great experience, mostly a great experience. And uh, then after the Air Force, we uh, opened a sign shop with my brother. So we were selling signs and banners and lettering and design in our sign shop, sign shop called Sign Images. Sign Images in Huntington Beach Huntington Beach is a very big city. For a suburban city, it's pretty big. 
but it's like uh, almost 10 miles from the freeway to the beach. So we used to drive up, did a lot of driving up and down Beach Boulevard and lots of other streets. In those days, I uh, did a lot of walking door to door, passing out flyers to businesses, to small stores. There's plenty of small shops, business, uh, family owned businesses, restaurants, retail, um, some wholesale kind of stuff. So we did a lot of signs, banners, vehicle lettering. Uh, so we did some boat lettering because we were near, um, there's a marinas in Sunset Harbor and also Newport Beach. So it was fun being able to interact with um, all kinds of small business owners and medium business owners and a few, a few big business owners and did a, just one window lettering for the Navy, Navy recruiting office. Uh, so that was a great experience. And then, um, then in college, I did a lot of basically advertising sales and uh, some other miscellaneous stuff. And then did more and more sales. And so probably more than half of my career now has been sales and or marketing. And uh, so that's what I'm good at and knowledgeable about. I had all that sales experience when I was a kid. I'm half shy, so I'm not um, 100% the natural born salesperson, um, but I am half very wildly outgoing and half painfully shy. <laughs> and only a little bit of this um, gregarious, friendly person. Got a little bit of that, but there's plenty of painfully shy and uh, and wild, uh, still plenty of wildly outgoing as well. But if you listen to the way I talk, you can tell that most people call me low-key. However, my friends that know me well would call me a little bit more wild. Um, okay. Then, let's get into more recent stuff. Uh, so times when I was really happy about the money that was flowing in was when I did sales for about 10 months for um, a bank, banking sales for credit card processing systems and credit card processing service. So um, that was a very good experience because I, I, also when I was 14, I did several things when I was doing the catalog stuff and mopping um, retail stores. I was also selling uh, newspapers on the weekends, newspaper subscriptions for the Orange County Register. And that one was great because that was their sales that they gave you was basically a, a short sales pitch and then overcoming objections. And so that was very good experience to do those two important things. Um, the sales pitch, which is you know, what are we offering? Why? 
what is the unique selling proposition. They didn't explain that then. They just said, here's your pitch, memorize it. And here are your overcoming objections, memorize those and, and go sell your newspapers. So um, that was great sales experience. Overcoming objections was, that was the big chunk because the pitch itself was pretty short. You know, it's a teenager selling newspapers. You're not gonna give a huge long presentation. You're gonna say, hey, I'm Corey and I am uh, go to uh, Ocean View High School. I'm uh, raising money um, to win a trip to Washington, D.C. Um, for me and my team. And by the team, by the way, the team was not a sports team. It was just our um, our um, group of newspaper salesmen, kids. Uh, and uh, we're offering you a special deal on the newspaper subscription, thirty percent off. So you can get thirty percent off of your subscription and also help me uh, make it to Washington D.C. So that was pretty good um, pitch for Orange County. Got a moderate number of subscriptions. I, th I would say there was one kid who was more outgoing than me, more of a sales kid and more of a salesperson, and he really worked the overcoming objections better than I did. He had them really nailed down, and uh, I just went out with him together for a day or two to learn from him, and... Uh, he was, he was very good. He reminded me a lot of the friend who taught me the banking sales because uh, he also taught, uh, he didn't teach so much overcoming objections. He taught more of a uh, lengthy presentation because if you do your lengthy presentation well enough, then you don't get very many objections. And if you do get objections after doing that lengthy presentation, then... Uh, they're usually not going to be buying. So that was a great combination of learning from two really top salespeople. And uh, so that was... Um, so that was... Uh, what else we got? We got... Um, the, um, and more recently we've been doing some in the real estate sales that includes uh, some sales pitches and some overcoming objections so uh, that's what I spend a fairly big chunk of my time doing less than 50% but still at least 20-30% of my time is spent uh calling people on the phone and uh, calling back leads that we generate. We generate leads from um, ref uh, repeat referrals and um, also repeat referrals and um, what was the third R? Repeat referrals and hopefully I remember that because it's good to know the three R's of, of uh, real estate marketing. Um, the three R's of real estate marketing are um, 
uh, referrals, repeat business, and more recently, it is, um, shoot, anyway, um, of course, let's just skip forward to real estate, which is, um, Real estate is unique because it is, um, it's, it's a, if you're a real estate agent, you are a real estate salesperson. Um, that's the standard job of a real estate agent. Then later on, I got my real estate broker license, which makes you a real estate salesperson and also a uh, owner manager if you choose to be so. So, um, that's um, what I'm doing now is um, changing gears from real estate agent, from real estate salesperson to um, hiring, recruiting, hiring, training other agents, teaching them uh, how to be successful real estate salespeople. And, uh, oh, but let's skip to... 2013. I also I really briefly heard of the something interesting in around 2010. Uh, somebody mentioned Bitcoin very briefly on the news, and then it was over. In fact, I, I don't even know if I heard or understood the word Bitcoin. But then in 2013. Uh, it was mentioned that Bitcoin just crashed after a big run-up, a big rally, and then it's a big crash. And that was it. It was like uh, 10 words of this news report. And I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. Um, what is this Bitcoin all about? Uh, then I did some research and I saw, oh, Bitcoin is what I've been looking for right up my alley because it's got so many things that are of interest to me. The technology, it, uh, Bitcoin is the internet of money. I was there at the beginning of the internet. I've been making money. Part of a big chunk of my career has been the internet since 1997 and it's becoming increasingly so because it's becoming increasingly uh, more and more people's um, income or part of their income or uh, increasingly important part of their business. So, uh, so when I heard the you know Bitcoin, which is you know like email has replaced a very substantial amount of mail, it hasn't replaced all of it. Bitcoin's not going to replace all of money. It's not going to replace all of U.S. dollars. It's not going to replace all of credit cards is not going to replace all of gold but it can replace a significant chunk it can replace a very significant chunk because people if they have a choice do you want to do a transaction where the bank and the government are involved or do you want most of your transactions to not have a credit card company, bank, and the government involved. Because um, that's really been a basic part of privacy for a long time. And so that has that libertarian component 
and me being a libertarian, someone who believes that freedom is not optional, freedom is the thing that you go to war for, freedom is pretty much the only thing that you should be going to war for. <laughs> so some people, more and more people, some of my, a few of my liberal lunatic friends uh, think that freedom is freedom is racist if you like freedom you're a racist anyway obviously uh, it's just the opposite I mean if you hate freedom you're probably um, a racist you're probably a secret racist and uh, freedom is what America is based on Money comes, does not come, it's not printed off the printed press and then given out of charity by the government. Um, the, pr the government printed paper is just one form of keeping track of value in the form of fiat money. There's other forms of money. Uh, gold has always been valuable and has often been used as money. Um, our government has been more or less attempting and succeeding to a certain extent at suppressing gold uh, as money. When gold is the, but, it's, but gold is still the foundation of our money in, in, in some regards. So it's not been possible for the government to stamp out gold. That's why the United States and every other country um, has gold reserves. And, and uh, so, but Bitcoin, um, I was doing very well in real estate in 2012 because downtown was really booming. New um, loft um, new loft buildings were being uh, created. And those are really where the most money was at, was these loft conversions. And so I had about $20,000 extra and put that into Bitcoin. Uh, but not until I, you know, I had to f ask someone, how do I buy Bitcoin? And then a friend of mine, a Facebook friend, who was actually an old close friend, um, said, oh, you can get it on uh, localbitcoins.com. And, uh, and then also Coinbase came around. So local bitcoins and Coinbase, and so I was able to buy and sell, um, mostly buy Bitcoin. I, I planned on holding it for a long time, but I did end up selling it at, because I, I started making uh, a little less money from real estate and wanted to grow the real estate business rather than shrink the real estate business. But real estate continued to shrink in downtown Los Angeles uh, very, very slowly over the past uh, five years. And then today, the real estate in downtown is only a quarter of what it was just a couple of years ago. Um, and so the Bitcoin allowed me to grow the business uh, while my area was shrinking, my area of expertise that I had established as a writer of the LA Loft blog. 
and also to pay for um, hire the the best real estate coach in the entire world, who's really able to give me a lot of advantages to teach me how to give huge advantages to the buy home buyers and home sellers that I was helping. Um, so being able to use techniques to help them that, um, you know, the, the best real estate agents in North America uh, were teaching and helping and coaching. So things like, you know, when I sell a property, I would see other agents um, not even bring in anybody to, to look at the place and then not get any offers. And to me, that's unheard of. I've never uh, been hired to sell a property and then not even bring in one person to look at it and not even get one offer. I've all, um, I'm always able to get an offer on every property, every single property that I sell. And so every property sells 100% of the time. The only time that the property doesn't sell is if the seller decide, changes their mind or decides to not sell it or they die and it doesn't sell. And besides that, my properties always sell. And people will be surprised how many uh, properties do not sell, even in a hot market. Even in a hot market, half of the almost half the listings don't sell. In today's market in downtown, it's, it's more than half of the listings do not sell. <clears throat> For various reasons. Um, anyway, so that's talking about real estate money, Bitcoin money. And the Bitcoin money was, um, was profitable. I got to pay some taxes from the money that I made from Bitcoin and also uh, help a lot of other people, give Bitcoin to other people, um, give numerous Bitcoins to other people. So that was, uh, Bitcoin was obviously real estate Bitcoin were the two best, most important um, facets of the Cory Chambers history of money. And uh, real estate today, even in, in a, um, even though downtown has been declining in the number of transactions, real estate agents are starting to go homeless. Uh, one, they're starting to commit suicide, things like that. Couple, one guy just went homeless very recently. Two of them committed suicide. One just a few days ago, or maybe it might have been two weeks ago. Uh, so that's the, and I'm able to um, navigate and still have, and not stress out too much. Um, although because downtown is declining, I, and more, uh, the majority, about 70, 80% of my business is repeat and referral, maybe more than that, it could be 80 or 90% that's repeat and referral business now. And so that is a good position to be in. And to be able to help the kids at Children's Hospital because uh, every time for every home that we sell, 
we uh, give a portion of our income to Children's Hospital Los Angeles to help the amazing kids to fight through and survive nasty life-threatening diseases like cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. They are curing kids. I'm not a huge, I'm not a 100% follower of doctors or, or worshiper of doctors, but they certainly are better at diagnosing and treating more things than I am. And uh, they uh, cure these kids of lots of things. They prevent and cure blindness. Uh, they prevent and cure um, deafness. Um, they treat things that some people thought were untreatable. Um, so that's Children's Hospital. So that's the, the, it's the, it's the results of the money. Money is about being able to help other people. It's a resource for helping people. And uh, that's it. Thanks for joining me. If you see any properties, uh, also if you know anyone who's making a move and, uh, and you refer them to our real estate sales team, not only will they benefit from our award-winning service, but the kids at Children's Hospital, those amazing kids at Children's Hospital Los Angeles will benefit as well. Also, if you see any properties that are of interest to you, let me know. We will gladly send you a property information packet on any loft, condo, or house. Or we will arrange for a private preview upon request. And if you have a home you'd like to sell, let me know. And I will um, tell you how much your home will sell for, how long it will take to sell. And thanks for joining me on this very special Corey Chambers' History of Money. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Email me anytime, coreychambers at yahoo.com. That's C-O-R-E-Y chambers at yahoo.com. And you take care. Thanks again. Corey Chambers, Los Angeles. Bye-bye.